Hello again, this is Dr. David White, and this is week four for CRIM 305. It's an introduction to Western thought. So as we start to look at systems of thought, that is ways of interpreting right and wrong, it is critical for us to recognize that the foundation of what's called Western philosophy starts with ancient Greek thought, somewhere around the fifth century BC. The next few modules are intended to discuss different ways of interpreting the world around us and specifically how we decide what it means to make ethical decisions. How do we decide what's right and wrong? So the objectives for this module focus on uh, improving your understanding of three basic figures, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle, how they define ethics and how they define an ethical life. We want you to understand Aristotle's perspective of the golden means and also of this Greek concept known as eudaimonia. We'd also like you to have a basic understanding of how these themes interact with modern ideas and ethics uh, and ethical behavior in the 21st century. Much of Western thought has its roots in ancient Greek thought. And you will find no textbooks in America, no ethics textbooks, um, that don't at least address these three key figures from this time period. Again, that's Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. Plato was a student of Socrates and Aristotle was a student of Plato. Much of what we know about Socrates actually comes from the writings of Plato. So Socrates lived between 469 and 399 BC, so somewhere in that time period, and was considered one of the wisest men in all of Athens, ancient Greece. He ultimately was charged with corrupting Athenian youth and he was sentenced to death. So the picture at the beginning of Module 4 is a, a, a painting uh, depicting Socrates at his death where he drank poisonous hemlock. Socrates was known for questioning a person's beliefs in such a way as to expose error in their arguments uh, to identify the limits of their understanding. He generally associated knowledge with virtue, meaning that wisdom was the ultimate virtue. The wisest person was the most virtuous person. He basically believed that one only came to wisdom through critically evaluating your own beliefs. Only after subjecting your beliefs to critical evaluation can you truly be assured that your position is correct. According to our textbook, Socrates associated knowledge with virtue. He believed that bad acts are performed through ignorance. The wisest man was also the most virtuous. He believed that all people acted in a way to serve their own interests, but some people, because they were ignorant, pursued short-term happiness that would, in the long run, not make them happy. True happiness could only come from being virtuous, and virtue comes from knowledge. Thus, Socrates believed his role was to strip away self-deception and incorrect assumptions, hence the so-called Socratic method of questioning a person's beliefs. The concept of eudaimonia is translated as happiness, but it is much more than that. It is sometimes translated as flourishing, uh, self-actualization, to borrow from Abraham Maslow's term, uh, might be similar to the Greek concept of eudaimonia, the idea that one's happiness involved in the pursuit of excellence and virtue. 
Does this sound like Socrates focused on the need to know thyself? Absolutely. Plato believed that a good life was one that fit the nature of the person. That is, moderation for the merchant, uh, courage for the soldier, wisdom for leaders. Uh, so a, a pairing between the virtue and the role. So he believed justice is the idea that each person is in the place they should be and performs their best or to their best ability. He discusses this concept also of eudaimonia, uh, which again is considered a self-actualization uh, um, or self-completion. Does this sound like our previous discussions concerning values, personalities matching, uh, those that required of criminal justice professionals, and so on. I hope you're starting to make these connections. Aristotle had somewhat of a different view than Socrates and Plato, and so to help you understand that, I've embedded one of the Crash Course videos on philosophy on Aristotle and virtue theory. So just to review a few concepts, once you've watched that video, please take time to do so. Aristotle believed that we uh, were built with a desire to be virtuous, which for him meant learning how to do the right thing at the right time and in the right way. Does this sound like emotional intelligence? Again, I hope you're starting to make these connections between the modules as we progress through the content this semester. He focuses on the golden mean. So Aristotle's main concept is the golden mean, which is the idea that virtue comes from uh, the, the mean between two extremes the extreme of excess and deficiency uh, of a particular trait. So, uh, with the example of courage comes a balance between cowardness and recklessness. So again, between excess and deficiency. Eudaimonia, the Greek term uh, for the life well lived, the human flourishing, this sort of self-actualization self is translated to. Uh, regardless of how it's translated, it's clear that the Greek idea of eudaimonia requires an effort towards self-improvement, towards self-reflection, to be the best person that you can become. That's important for us. The Greek Stoics, and so uh, the Stoic uh, philosophical school in ancient Greece focused on the essential nature of humans as rational, reasoning individuals. And so a lot of times you, you see these discussions of the Greek Stoics. So reason leads to virtue and therefore those who are led by reason are virtuous those who are irrational are considered evil and so life uh, was considered as a battle between base human passions such as lust pleasure virtue uh, uh, and, and virtue rather so it's a battle between these two perspectives between that base human nature uh, simple pleasures and virtue, which is considered through reason. So seeking virtue was considered a type of moral duty. And so uh, they would intentionally avoid in, indulgence and pleasures, which sometimes is referred to as ascetic practices. So in religious term, uh, religion also engages in such ascetic practices, such as fasting, giving up something for Lent. These are ascetic practices. So today when we say someone is very stoic, we're referring to, to someone who is not easily moved by emotion. Okay, so sometimes we hear that expression. Another school of thought in ancient Greece 
are the cynics. And so one form of Greek thought uh, is generally not uh, as addressed in ethics textbooks, but all the same worthy of our discussion is cynicism. Greek cynics such as the Diogenes uh, emphasize living according to one's true nature as humans. This school of thought stands in contrast to the Stoics in many ways. Uh, for cynics, living as naturally as possible leads to a virtuous life. And so this led them to radically reject uh, all, all forms of conventional norms constructed by society. And so this includes a radical rejection of economic motives such as wealth, uh, religious norms, desires for fame, public esteem uh, of any kind, and so forth. Cynic philosophy leads to a certain type of freedom from the social mores, right? And so uh, that otherwise, uh, th those, those things that bind us, otherwise bind us to society, okay? And so while it would be difficult to imagine a world where we all tried to live out such a philosophical viewpoint, we do see some examples of people taking similar sort of philosophical stances as they radically reject one or more parts of society's basic norms. My personal favorite are those who attempt to live off the grid. If you watch those shows that detail uh, homesteaders and living in Alaska, uh, listen to what the, to the, the actors, the characters say. You'll hear them radically reject the Monday through Friday work week uh, and other aspects of modern society. And as a aside um, to my point, uh, concentrating on the lack of full integration of those values, we talk about integrity in an earlier module. In those type of television shows, you may see people radically rejecting modern society, but they still need gasoline and snow machines at the end of the day to get around. And so not a full integration of those values. They can try very hard to fight against a basic capitalistic economy uh, in the Monday through Friday work week and the regular paycheck and those sort of things but at the end of the day they still have to have gasoline and snow machines. One important aspect of the cynic philosophy is that virtue comes from living out the values that they embrace. So as we discussed in the module on, on integrity um, we too often decouple or separate what we claim we value in life and our actions but for cynics this would be impossible. The bond or marriage between their values and their lifestyle is inseparable. And I think that that is why uh, we look at those television shows that portray someone doing it, living out their radical rejection of societies Monday through Friday, nine to five, that uh, we all dream of shedding it if we could. This is an issue of integrity though, uh, uh, between our natural desire to be free and live free uh, of society's socially constructed mandates which confine us and which we, uh, direct our everyday existence in a way that makes us feel alienated from our base human nature. One last important uh, point about cynic philosophy there in the radical rejection of socially constructed values um, that should cause us to question why, when, how, where, for what reasons we do subscribe our socially held values. Uh, socially held values are often socially constructed over time and what we sometimes go along with, the things that we accept, they don't make sense. Yet 
Uh, we engage in things only out of tradition or because we lack the ability to ask why. And so I think that's important for us to recognize. Uh, from Socrates, just to summarize things from Socrates, we see the, the nature of the truth-knowledge relationship. And we find value in the critical reflection, not only of ourselves, but of the world. In Plato, we find not only the need to know ourselves, but also to be true to ourselves, to make sure that our values align with, with, um, with our walk in life. From Aristotle's position, the golden mean, we find a virtue as a balance between two extremes, uh, extremes of any particular value. This principle seems to reflect on the value of emotional intelligence, which we covered in an earlier module. This perspective requires a virtuous person to be self-aware and engaged in self-regulation. And that is to say the ability to be virtuous is a skill that is acquired. In the Stoics, we uh, see that very clearly. We see the need uh, to be led by reason and to control those base impulses that relate to human pleasures and passions and to find virtue in being self-disciplined. And finally, in the cynics, we perhaps find a lesson in the need to think critically about why we accept certain social realities, and we see an absolute bond between the espoused value and the life lived, and those two become inseparable. Criminal justice, this is important because you cannot live off-duty in ways that are inconsistent with the ethical moral requirements while you are on duty. And so this, there's no separation. And this is why integrity is so important and such a highly held value uh, or characteristic in criminal justice. In philosophy, uh, some of the best philosophers are those who point out the logical nature of logical extremes of particular values or otherwise reasonable ideas. Too much or too little of a good thing can be bad. As the video suggests, honesty is a highly held value, but brutal honesty perhaps um, uh, when someone has not requested it, is often socially inappropriate and may serve to unnecessarily destroy another person's self-concept, tear people down. Likewise, courage in excess becomes recklessness and unnecessarily uh, endangers the one trying to be courageous. This might make individuals look as though they are unaware of their own strengths and weaknesses. They might look as though they have the Superman syndrome where they think they uh, are going to go at it alone and save the world. To this end, Aristotle's uh, theory helps remind us that the context in which decisions are made set a stage for whether or not the act will appear virtuous. Both Aristotle and the Cynic philosophers cause us to recognize that virtue or virtuous living requires action. And we should not attempt to separate values from action, which we defined earlier as integrity. From Socrates and the Cynics, we should recognize that critical reflection, both of ourselves and of the social world around us, will help lead us to a deeper understanding of who we are or who we hope to become.